Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 189, and welcome back to the Front Porch here in Phoenix, Arizona. It is a toasty 95 degrees at 10 a.m. this morning. So uh, we are in that season here in Phoenix that uh, you get burnt on your seatbelt. That's how hot it is. You get in, you get a second degree burn with your seatbelt in Arizona if you leave your car outside. It is getting toasty hot, but that's okay. I still here on the front porch, got an umbrella kind of blocking the sun, so all is well, and I'm sweating it out. Sweating it out here on the front porch to work together so like we can learn together to dig into just some solid truth that Scripture is going to provide for us. And just a reminder, that's really what we're trying to do here. Uh, what we're trying to do is just take passages of Scripture, dig in deep, and then allow that to kind of go throughout your day. You know, um, we use, I've been using this term, it, it brings it up in Revelation, about how he says, the angel says to chew on the scroll or to eat the scroll. It's this idea of just chewing it over and over, having it become a part of who you are. And so that's what we try to do here uh, on this podcast. That's what I'm trying to do here on this podcast is give you a passage, kind of work through it, allow for you to process through it, um, because I'm doing that. I'm working through it. I'm processing through it. I'm going, man, what does this look like for me? And where do I need to repent? Or where do I need to move forward in obedience? Or where do I need to find joy where maybe I'm missing joy? Like, all these different things that Scripture is bringing out for us that we get to jump into. So, hope that's happening for you. Hope you're using that this podcast in that way, and it's helping you kind of grow and move forward in your relationship with the Lord. For those of you who continue to listen, thank you so much. Love having you here. If you're brand new, welcome. So glad you're here. For those of you who continue to give on Patreon, your devotionals are in the mail. They're on the way to you. Thank you so much for all your support. And if you'd like to buy a Front Porch devotional, which is essentially a 30-day devotional that uh, takes, you know, we did, I, you know, 1 through 30, episodes 1 through 30. I just turned that into a devotional, and it has a journal attached to it. If you'd like that, you can go to lulu.com, L-U lu.com in the search bar just put front porch devotional and you can get your own copy for 10 bucks here we go first chronicles 16 34 first chronicles 16 34 chronicles is called chronicles because that's exactly what it's doing it's uh giving us a chronicle a story of of, of the people of israel and this particular time is during the reign of king david and it says this give thanks to the lord for he is good his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, I grew up in a Christian home. And uh, so all of my life was in some form of a Christian community. I, uh, I mean, we went to church a ton. I mean, I feel like I was at church, more at church than I was at home. Um, and we and I loved it. Like it wasn't like I hated it. Like my friends were there, and it, I grew up in the same church the majority of my life. The same church, grew up in that church, knew those families. Those families knew me, um, and a lot of them, you know, a lot of those families, you know, in some ways, some forms, they they raised part of my life, you know, because we would all take care of each other, and it was really cool. Uh, but I noticed, like in my Christian school, there's like this. Uh, there's a, when it came to prayer, it was always like a competition. Like, you know, you, you would pray 
and you're trying to get the mmms, right? Somebody prays, like you're, you're praying, and then somebody goes, mmm, or mmm, that's good, right? And you're like, okay. And that brought like a motivation behind you. And so like within the Christian circles growing up, it almost felt like at times that prayer was like a competition. Like if it was like at a prayer meeting, it was like, who's gonna, do- who's gonna use those really theological words? And everyone's like, oh, what's that? Ooh, he must be really smart. Ooh, he must be really deep in his understanding of the Lord. And right, it just felt at times like a competition as I reflect back on it. And, uh, and I, I think I, as I've been kind of working through this, like I was trying to, like what for me, if I reflect on that period of time in my life, you know, and I look at that and I'm like, damn, that just wasn't right. What was that all about? And what it reminded me of currently is, and you're going to have to bear with me on this one, is mealtime prayers. Mealtime prayers for me have a similar feel to them, right? If you think about it, like when was the last time that you heard a prayer at mealtime that didn't feel rushed? You know what I mean? Like when's the last time you you heard a prayer at mealtime that that didn't feel rushed? You know, most of those prayers aren't really all that authentic. They are often kind of this religious act that allows us to check some box— so we can move on to the good stuff. What? And what's the good stuff? It's my burrito bowl from Chipotle. That's what I'm trying to get after. But I got to do this very kind of religious thing in order to get get through that. And that's, I think, a lot of times, like as I was growing up, like what I felt that kind of prayer time was all about. Like it was just this religious act. And then it became this charade. And then it became a competition. But it wasn't rooted, right? It wasn't really rooted in anything really deep or significant and and in fact fairly inauthentic so here's the thing like i dare you i dare you to take this passage seriously right because if we were really grateful for god and for the food that he set before us there would be no rush right there would be no rush to get through this prayer right or this religious act No, 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 no. there would be no rush. The gratitude for his provision, not only just for the food that that is before you, but for all the life, before all the life that you have, like in everything he's given to you, it would consume us. It would consume us and we couldn't, we wouldn't be caught up into this religious knee jerk that happens when we come to mealtime. No, it would just be, it would authentically flow out of us. Oh my gosh, guys, we have to stop. We just have to pray. You know all that God's done? I mean, do you know how grateful we should be to be at this mealtime? Do you know I woke up this morning? That's amazing, right? And this passage is is causing us to, to dig deeper, to go deeper. Now, I'm not hating on the mealtime prayers, right? But it is the heart behind the prayers that I'm really kind of going after. And I think that's what David's getting after as well, because the context of this passage involves the return of the Ark of the Covenant, right? The presence of God. And if you remember, it was stolen from Israel. And then David found it and returned it back to Jerusalem. It's this whole, this really interesting and intricate story of how it returned back to Israel, back to Jerusalem. And when it entered into the city, David started dancing, right? He was dancing and he was worshiping. And he's actually dancing and worshiping in a way that embarrassed his wife. His wife's like, you're the king. Like, have some composure, 
But David didn't care, right? He didn't he didn't care, right? Because the presence of God was more important than people's opinions, even his wife's opinion. He didn't care. And as they were setting up the tabernacle in which the presence of God would rest, a prayer of thanks is offered. This is this passage is in the context of that prayer of thanksgiving. This is a call to the people. And the call to the people was this, to give thanks. That God is good. And that his love endures. And his love endures through the highs and the lows of life. Yeah, through the winds and through the wars. Through the pandemic and through provision. Right? His love never changes. And that's something that not just them back then that they can celebrate, but we can celebrate right now. But this is, this is really what got me as I was kind of sitting here and reflecting. Do we really believe that? Right? Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God is good? Do we really believe that his presence is here right now? And his love not only endures, but it doesn't fail. Right? And if I'm honest, in my life, I struggle with this. Because here's what would happen in my life. And maybe you can identify with this. When all is well, oh, I would worship. Oh, I worship. But when things are, are tough, I struggle. God, where are you? How could you do this, God? Why is this? And here's why I think this is in my own life is because I have conditions. I think it's around many of your lives as well. Because we have conditions. I have conditions around my gratitude. I am only grateful when things go my way. And this is sin. And sin separates. This is the hook that we give Satan to invade our thinking and have us ask the question, is God good? Is he good? Is God loving? This is the strategy that he has been using from the Garden of Eden until now, right? And we, we tend to say things like this, like if God was good then, dot, 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 right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing with God's goodness, and this is really important. It's not subject to our opinions or our conditions. Goodness exists because God exists. Now, it's okay to struggle, of course, but it's, in, it's an incorrect thing that we, that we believe we have an intellectual edge on what is good and what isn't. That's false because goodness exists because God exists. So it's wrong when we think that our kind of intellectual knee jerk to trying to figure out what is good and what's not good, what's right and what's not. We, we, that's way above our pay scale. <laughs> way, 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 way above our pay scale. But it's what Satan uses to turn us, to manipulate us. And why is all this important? Why is David having the people praise and give thanks? Because what you are grateful for, you will sacrifice for. Think about it. If you are embittered towards your wife, does that, or somebody you love, or a friend, 
or a best friend or a family member, right? Does, does that draw you into them? Like you, if you're if you're just bitter against them, does that draw you? No, no, no. Of course not. It creates dissonance and, and, and division. And David knows his own heart, right? David's experienced a lot of this. And, and he knows the people's hearts. And so he points them to the presence and the provision of God and says, worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. And on this side of the new covenant, that we are made right with God because of Jesus' death and resurrection, releasing the Spirit of God to invade our lives as that tabernacle, as that temple. This is not, we're not some, there's not some building that we have to go to to find the presence of God. He's here right now in us, for us. We have a lot to be thankful for. So next time you're at a meal, here's my encouragement, or any time, take your time. Just take your time. Really thank him. Thank him because we need to give him thanks. And he is good. And his love endures forever. Let's follow what David was trying to help the people enter into. Because worship is the overflow of genuine and authentic gratitude. So the question is this, are you truly grateful? Are you truly grateful? Have you reflected upon that today? When's the last time you woke up in the morning and you just sat in gratitude, right? You just sat in gratitude, you went, oh my goodness, God, you're so good. You're so loving. You see me. You know me, right? When's the last time you just found a quiet place? Or maybe you went for a walk and you just reflected on his goodness. And that caused you to worship him. That it slowed you down enough to go on, like, that you worshiped him. And that brought gladness and joy into your life. And it, and it honestly, as we move after that, it gives us this perspective on the day, on the moments in which we get to live. And so I pray that you get to do that. I pray that you take a moment, maybe right after you get done with this podcast, maybe just, just, just take some time and worship him. Thank him. Father God, we worship you. We thank you. You are high and lifted up. And we join the angels with saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So take a breath, reflect, and believe the